And our main story this morning is the health of President Michael D. Higgins, who stayed in hospital overnight after being admitted by ambulance yesterday evening. Our political correspondent, Paul Cunningham, can update us this morning. And Paul, the President's reported to be in good spirits. Yeah, the last update we received was a statement from the Oris at around half past ten last night and the good news was that the President was in excellent spirits and thanking medical staff for the attention he'd received. Also, the doctors had received results from their initial tests and the results were deemed to be positive. At the same time, however, they opted to require the President, who is 82, to stay overnight rather than discharge him. Now, President Higgins had been complaining of feeling unwell yesterday afternoon, although we don't know what the ailment was. Sources at the Oris had stressed um, that he had been seen by paramedics and was found not to have had any immediate concerns and the uh, trip to the hospital via ambulance was effectively a precaution. Um, what's notable, uh, I think, is that the statement issued five hours later indicates that this isn't something serious, but that's my sort of reading of it rather than mm-hmm. it being stated baldly on you. And as well as that, I mean, you, you mentioned his age. President Higgins has had a very bu- busy schedule lately. Yeah, well, he's he's busy all the time. Um, but um, on Wednesday night, he was presenting an award to the British film director Steve McQueen at the Dublin International Film Festival earlier that day. He had a courtesy call from the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Vietnam. Separately, he met with the Speaker of the National Co- Council of the Slovak Republic and a parliamentary delegation at the Oris. Rugby fans will have spotted him at the Wales game at the weekend, and this weekend he also had events. He was due to host an afternoon tea reception at his official residence in the Phoenix Park. That's something he does. And quite regularly, and he was also due to attend the FAI Women's President's Cup tomorrow. Now, obviously, this weekend's events are on hold and we wait another statement from the Oris on, on what's going to happen next. And hopefully the President will, will be back uh, doing all his duties um, soon and we wish him uh, a quick recovery. Uh, in other political news, Paul, Media Minister Catherine Martin is meeting the RTE board today. Yeah, one would imagine that's going to be a tasty meeting as it's the first time Minister uh, Martin is to meet members of the RTE board since the chair, Shuan Nirahala, resigned last week. Now, listeners will remember that happened three hours after Minister Martin made an appearance on RTE's prime time and declined to say that she had confidence in the chair. The minister said she would be given inaccurate information about the processing of exit packages for RT executives on two occasions in just one week by Miss Nirala. But here's the rub. The uh, board held an emergency meeting shortly after that and they arrived at the conclusion that Miss Nirali had been given no option but to resign on foot of what the minister says. And we also know that the board has a different view on what happened regarding information given to Department officials about the changes and practices at board level regarding the oversight of exit packages. Now, Minister Martin has stressed over the past couple of weeks that her primary connection with RT is through the chair of the board. And as we understand it, the Cabinet hopes to appoint a new chair um, by its meeting next Tuesday, although that's not guaranteed. But I think what's clear is that the relationship between the minister and the board is fragile at a time that the station is mm-hmm. in crisis. Uh, and worth adding, I guess, Anya, is that a, a source close to the Minister told me that Minister Martin's focus today would be forward-looking and hoping that she would discuss the importance of the future funding model for the public service broadcaster. And, you know, given the ongoing nature of this saga, which uh, doesn't appear to have an immediate end in sight, uh, do we have any information on how or where this meeting is happening? Is the board going into the Minister's office? Is the Minister coming to RTE? Are they meeting by Zoom? Because some of the Minister's meetings with the former chair were by Zoom, weren't they? 
There were but no details on how this meeting is going to be conducted. I think given the importance of it, um, after what happened last week, um, they're just being a little bit careful on information. Um, Obviously. Um, Let's talk about one other political matter before you go, Paul. Uh, There have been some developments uh, bring us up to date in relation to the European elections. Yeah, parties are continuing to finalise the slates. Most recently, Fianna Fáil has decided to add two candidates to its ticket in the Midlands North West uh, constituency, that vast constituency. Now, Leash Offaly TD Barry Cowan um, had been selected at the party convention earlier the month. Now, Senators Niall Blaney and Lisa Chambers have been added. Now, the party's director of elections, Dara O'Brien, contends that this is a, a, key, a smart strategy, uh, very geographically well balanced. Now, Donegal, Mayo, and awfully um, all sort of involved with the candidates strategically spread out. That may be the case, but the question is, does it split the party's first preference vote and places Fianna Fáil at a disadvantage? Last time out, they had a two-candidate strategy and the party didn't take a a seat. There's lots of candidates already in the field. One other person who's recently entered the fray is the Ainthu leader, Padda Tobin, as well. All right, Paul, thank you for that.